This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. In the last few weeks, we opened up the phone lines several times to hear from many of you. And what you told us, in no uncertain terms, is that the effects of the coronavirus pandemic are far-reaching and at a scale that is completely unprecedented. In mere weeks, the virus has made its mark on just about every business in the country. And so founders are asking hard questions like, should I change my whole business model now that everyone is stuck in their homes? Should I be aggressive while everyone else is being conservative? And what do I do when all my best laid plans for 2020 have been laid to waste? But when our investors got on the line to help, their answers were surprising, even counterintuitive at times. And something else was different. It wasn't a critique of the business or the founder. It was more like everyone was sitting down at the table together, trying to figure out how to make this work. So today, we're gonna play you some of our favorite calls. Joining me is longtime friend of the show and investor in over 150 early stage startups, Charles Hudson and investor in, as she puts it, hilariously early founders, Elizabeth Yin. Elizabeth and Charles both called in from their homes in California. Josh, are you in Florida? Are you in Florida right now? I am in Florida, and they just issued the shelter-in-place order for all of Florida. Welcome to the club, buddy. Ah, I know. You and Lisa are safe? Kids are good? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're good. Nobody in our family has it yet. I just talked, got off the phone with an entrepreneur who had COVID and had to reschedule our call till, till today. He's like, it's not fun. Oh, man. That made it very real. Mm. Hey, Elizabeth. Hey, Josh. Hey, Charles. Hey, Elizabeth. Charles, that sounds horrible. That it was show. really, it was really bad. All right. First caller coming up. Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this? This is Laura Alatebi. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the call-in show with uh, investors Elizabeth and Charles. Hey, Laura. Hey. Well, why don't why don't you start off by telling us the story of your business and how things were going leading into COVID? So I started my business Venues and More because I. Uh, struggled booking birthday parties for my kids. And I have triplets. I only have one party to plan and I still hated planning it. <laughs> and I just, I hated calling the venues, you know, a teenager calling me back and credit cards over the phone. And so I decided to quit my job and focus solely on providing a solution or a marketplace for parties. And so in late 2018, started working on this project and um, it's been growing. I was on track to make a profit in March. We had had around 20 bookings a month and now we're down to uh, two this month. Oh, wow. Not great. 
not great. Mm-hmm. Laura, let me ask you this. Um, how are you thinking about your business now? What do you think you're going to do? I 100% believe in this and I am willing to kind of do what it takes to make my company survive. Um, mm-hmm. And one of my questions was, you know, would now be a good time to kind of look for a new source of revenue or should I think about pivoting at all my focus? Because I, I do want to make sure that that Venues and More continues to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, people are still having birthdays despite the situation and people still want to celebrate. Absolutely. Do you think that there are things that you can do in this new world, even if people can't go out to venues? Uh, is there a way that people can have their birthday parties at home in a special way? Um, yeah. And actually, I just sent out an email today to all of my vendors saying, um, hey, why don't you put a virtual party listing on Venues more and let's kind of test it out and see how it does. Um, I haven't got any feedback about the idea yet. So I, I wanted to kind of get your feedback on it. Yeah, I mean, I guess my sense is you're in a unique position because you're sort of sitting at the intersection of people who want to plan these parties and experiences, and then the experience providers themselves, who like you, I'm sure are seeing a tremendous loss in revenue and opportunity. Imagine if you can find the one formula for a five-year-old birthday party with 10 friends that seems to work pretty well. I bet you there's a lot of parents out there. So maybe instead of trying to figure out how to make a hundred different things work well, maybe you can find a way to make four or five really great virtual or digital experiences and just lean into marketing those instead of trying to make a lot of things work kind of well. Okay. Okay. It's funny, as you were describing this very seemingly bleak situation, I was actually thinking... This is so exciting. You actually have a lot of amazing opportunities ahead of you, to Charles's point, right? You can expand your market. In addition, you also have less competition in a sense. Like I think in the in the old world, in some sense, you were competing against other venues and certainly other venue marketplaces or whatever. But now nobody's figured it out. And everybody still has birthdays. My niece's birthday is actually this Saturday. And right. she's not going to be able to have a party I don't know what, you know, to do. Is it that all of her friends should get cupcakes delivered to their door or balloons or should there be a virtual Zoom party or should there be a clown on Zoom or all these things? I think the possibilities are kind of endless. And it's more to Charles's point about experimenting to figure out maybe there are interesting party packages here that nobody's thought about. Nobody's tried. This is a great chance for you to try it and actually be a thought leader in this new world. Got it. I love that advice. You might come out of this with a business that's actually more interesting to you and your service providers. Like even when things return to normal, if you can crack this digital piece, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up becoming a chunk of your business even once things snap back to normal. Right, right. Um, I felt like I was holding my breath for a while, like hoping like, oh, you know, things are going to return to normal and and. Once I just realized they're not, I I just felt like it's time to adapt and and really change my mindset. I just need to figure out a way to make it happen. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 
I actually think it would be really exciting to brainstorm virtual birthday parties. And like, there's so many people I know whose businesses are primarily in real life. And one of the more interesting things I was going to mention to her, but I, I didn't think about it. Like, if you're a clown, you got to pack up all your stuff, drive to that mm-hmm. family's house, set up, <laughs> perform, yep. so you could maybe do one show a day. Yep, yep. Or two shows a day. So you had to price based on like, that factored in all that stuff. And that all goes away if you're live streaming. Mm-hmm. And you could do six shows a day. I could do six shows yeah. a day. Yep. Yeah, I was at um, my daughter's friend's birthday where they brought in Elsa, quote Elsa, and uh, talked with her manager. And you're right. Elsa's like manager? Only do- yeah, Elsa's manager. <laughs> yeah, she has one. <laughs> um, she could only do two shows a day because she was right. like driving around the Bay Area. And to your point, she can do shows in Connecticut and start at six in the morning or whatever yep. in Texas and, you know, all the way till night if she wanted to, just like back to back to back. And Elsa didn't stay very long at the party either. And she, no. frankly speaking, didn't do very much. Yeah. Right. She's got to get back to the woods. Yep. <laughs> all right, here we go. Next caller. Hi. Hello. Josh? Yes, this is Josh. Josh. Who's this? Uh, Daniel. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm joined by Elizabeth and Charles. They're here too. Hi, Hi Daniel. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Hi, Charles. Why don't you start by telling us uh, a little bit about your business? Tell us the backstory leading up to this year. Well, we are we are called 1.5. We are based in Mexico City, but we have a few customers in San Francisco and Miami. And we're a SaaS that reward and train waiters in order to upsell consumer brand products. Uh, our first customer was Heineken. So right now, uh, during the crisis, we're a little bit affected because we strictly depend on the on the movement of our restaurants. Uh, so hey, Charles, a- Elizabeth, do you guys understand this business? Uh, actually, it'd be great if you could elaborate a bit more about how, how do you, let's say, get a boost in sales on Heineken in a restaurant? Yep. Sure. Uh, I can make a, an example. If you go to a restaurant and if you ask for a wine recommendation, they maybe suggest you a specific brand of wine that is paying us to reward the waiter for upsetting or for pushing that sale instead of another brand. Ah, I see. And you are working with the restaurants or with the waiters or? Working with the waiters. Ah, okay. So how? Uh, help me understand what happened when coronavirus hit, you, I don't know what the situation is um, where you're at exactly, but how did that affect your business? Okay, well, <laughs> it's uh, it, the last few weeks were like, uh, first we were really stressed because the situation here in Mexico right now, everything is locked down. It will remain locked down at least for the next 30 days or more. Every restaurant is closed. Right. And after talking with most of the restaurant owners whom we work with, they are worried about one thing and one thing only is they will need to fire their staff. Mm-hmm. So um, taking a few steps back on how do we add value to the waiters, we realize that at least 30% of them will, be, will, will lose their job during the next few weeks. So we launch a job exchange platform and that's when uh, I can tell a little bit of the magic began because. Um, so this is a brand new product. Like you just like created this new thing, a job exchange yes. website. 
Yes, totally. We realize that the delivery platforms uh, in the U.S. and in Mexico are struggling because they increase their demand right now. The, the demand increased, but not the staff. So uh, we have more than 4,000 waiters in our database that we know that they have every single document that these delivery platforms need in mm-hmm. order for hire them. So the new product right now, and it's like the intention is to, we will use one of our waiters to, to give the delivery and we charge a fee for that service. Mm-hmm. So that's the new product. Great. So what will happen if this actually works and works even more than the, than the, the previous model? we decide to just focus on this model and kill the other one that has traction, that has customers, that has two years of work. For what it's worth, I think your new model is way better than your old one. I mean, your old one, it was so complex. Thank you for Josh for jumping in and asking if we understood it because I was a little lost. And I think the instant you explained the new model, it was very obvious to me how it would work. You have a real advantage with the supply that you built from your previous business. And I think in times like this, it's very easy to get attached to what you were doing before. But I don't think investors give you credit for persisting with something that probably won't become a big idea. So I think if the goal is to sort of work on the thing that has the biggest upside for you, the new idea to me, it seems like it's a much more straightforward business that could get large it meets a current need. It takes advantage in a good way of the relationships and audience you already have from the old model. And with the beginning model, I had like a million questions about just how complicated it was. And whereas the second one strikes me as like remarkably simple. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the the reason we are bootstrapped is because we don't have a lot of attention from from investors, but we were able to have some revenue. So that's why we kept going. What do you think, Elizabeth? I actually would not really care about what investors think, and especially in this market or environment. You know, to be quite frank, I don't think there are many investors who are even, you know, spending a lot of time investing in new companies to begin with. Right now, you're talking about the investment environment right now with COVID. Right now, that's right. Your mission is to help waiters and waitresses this very much aligns with that. You have the supply, you can make money, it makes perfect sense. And I agree, the delivery opportunity is there. I would just go and do that. And then you can worry about the fundraising story later when the market comes back. But I think, you know, it's hard to say when that will be. And yeah. so I would just cool. do what it takes now. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. After the break, a chocolate company that opened up just two weeks before the economy shut down. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show and one thread that connects them all They're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies that fit your budget, 
That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, here we go. Next caller. Hello. Hey. Who's this? This is Ben Snyder. Hi, Ben. Hey, how are you? Hi. Ben, why don't you start by telling us the story of your business leading up to the pandemic? Sure. So I am one of the founders of Luminu Chocolate. We are a small batch bean-to-bar chocolate maker based Mm -hmm. in Greenville, South Carolina. My wife and I founded this company back in November of last year with the plan to launch our product line in February. We ended up getting pushed back about a month and and ended up having to launch uh, about two weeks ago. So we had counted on being able to do tastings and events, and we had a lot of events lined up for March and April, and then the coronavirus pandemic hit and everything got canceled. It is the worst timing ever. Ah, oh, sucks. Yeah. So have you tried selling it at all, like online or on social? Like, have you gotten any orders? We've done some, a few promotions through Instagram, which haven't resulted in any sales and very minimum followers on Instagram. Uh, we're still only at 60% of our projections for March and April is not looking good. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the chocolate? Yeah. So our chocolate is unique from a lot of the chocolate you find in the stores. We're buying cocoa beans from six different countries in Africa. And it's really unique in that being able to taste the chocolate from different origins. For instance, we have a 75% dark chocolate with beans from Tanzania, which is super, super fruity and bright. And then we also have a 67% dark chocolate from the Ivory Coast, which tastes just like cinnamon toast. God, I should, I could really go for some chocolate right now. Like I really (laughs) need some chocolate after that. (laughs) Out of curiosity, how much chocolate do I need to taste to get a flavor for the differences? Can I, is a square or a small amount sufficient or do I need a large amount to fully appreciate it? Just by tasting a small square of each, you can, you can really appreciate it. Is it possible to sort of make that sampler experience something that the consumer could try at home at a cost that's not prohibitive to you, but that would give them some sense for the product? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And we had even talked about doing some virtual tastings through like Instagram live. I know a number of wineries that are doing that right now too. And it seems to, it seems to be working pretty well. It seems to be popular. Cool. Yeah. On top of that, 
you know, I, I think it'd be so cool actually to see your factory. I don't know if part of your tasting could incorporate that, but it sounds pretty unusual. Mm-hmm. And frankly speaking, being in California, I wouldn't be able to go in person. You can actually reach a market that you wouldn't have been able to reach before. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Cool, Ben. Keep us posted. Let us know how everything also. goes. Yeah, I will. Thanks again for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, Ben. Bye. I mean, should people just give up on food businesses right now? (laughs) No, actually, people (laughs) are eating and drinking more than ever. (laughs) I'll bet people would, like, just stuff their face with chocolate in this day and age. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think I've ever craved chocolate more than that moment. (laughs) But we, we, I just brought that up because we have a few companies in our portfolio where what they realized is the cost of fulfilling a sample was cheaper than buying a customer through digital. Oh, mm-hmm. and it had the added benefit of the person actually tried your product. So it was better to just find a way to get the product in the hands of people who wanted it rather than try to acquire them on Facebook or Instagram, get them to come to your site. Get them, it was just it just turned out to be a better experience for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I think we have time for one more caller. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. This is Josh. Who's calling? Uh, This is Dylan Senna from uh, Draft Buff. Hi, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Nice to meet you guys. Well, why don't you start out by telling us, uh, tell us about your business, why you started it. Like, just tell us the story kind of leading up to COVID. Yeah, sure. So Draft Buff is a free and social fantasy esports platform. And so we're basically most similar to your ESPN fantasy football, except for professional esports. I actually started it while I was working at Amazon two years ago. Fast forward to today, and I, I quit my Amazon job in August. And I've been doing draft buff full time, and we launched our app um, late November. And the growth has been fantastic. We got over 35,000 downloads in, in three months. It's awesome. Yeah. It's basically a free-to-play uh, mobile app uh, in terms of monetization. So we have some some quirky avatars that you can basically purchase in the app. Uh, yep. So we have like a virtual currency called Bananas, and you can basically use your Bananas to get more like emotes and and all you know wait, these wait, like fun on. little quirks. Hold on a second. You created a virtual currency and you just named it Bananas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why i mean why not josh i mean <laughs> yeah there's also that the, the, but we wanted something that's sort of true to our nature just like fun quirky and uh my gamer name is like king of bananas so we thought it was fitting <laughs> and so at the moment can you as a user buy more bananas or uh, some of these premium things or not yet uh, at the moment, you can only earn bananas by like referring people or doing certain activities. Um, but we will be able to uh, give the option to to purchase them pretty soon. All right. And so then what happened when COVID started happening? You know, the nice thing about gaming is it's it's doing well. Right. Because there's no sports like there's no. Yeah like physical sports playing anywhere. So like all you have are video games. Yeah. In fact, one could argue that it is like 
esports was this second thought and when sports goes away and esports is the only thing it almost becomes too legitimate and <laughs> we're, we're, we're worried that some you know traditional brands are, are gonna start to enter our space so um what would be helpful to chat about yeah um you know i i think one thing that we're trying to figure out is how conservative or how aggressive we should be in terms of our acquisition strategy. And, and we have, you know, a budget and, you know, we can either extend that for six months, 12 months or, you know, 18. And so we're just trying to figure out what the fundraising scene is going to look like and, and how uh, conservative we need to be. Yeah, I think in this environment, it's probably better for you to validate that the business model works before you step on the gas too hard. I, I would say yeah. like we've probably shifted a bit and this is, I think independent of like whatever your fundraising plans are just for your own peace of mind. I think we've kind right. of shifted from an environment where it's, I'm pretty sure this will work. Give it the benefit of the doubt to one where it's more trust, but verify. And I would say the advantages to you of testing this out sooner are that if it works as well as you think it, can, you'll have plenty of customer revenue to use to invest in growth and acquisition. And if for some reason it doesn't work as well as you think it will, you won't be leaning into spending to acquire a bunch of users under a flawed premise. So I, I would encourage you to at least get some preliminary data on how well the monetization performs relative to your expectations right. before you start dramatically ramping up spend. Yeah. So first off, I think even in a world without COVID, for a consumer app like this, I think VCs are very cautious just in general for consumer apps. There yeah. are only a handful of VCs that want to do them at an early stage. And I think in particular, when VCs do invest in those companies at that early stage, they want to see amazing retention and engagement Right. I think uh, I think this is very good advice. Well, cool. Dylan, thanks for calling in. Thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to, to chat with me. Um, I hope you guys are all staying safe and, and washing your hands. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Same you. To you. You too. My knuckles are cracking. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Well, his business is bananas. I mean, it is weird. Like we have companies in our portfolio that are growing through this, and they're they're in a slightly different position than him. Like they're growing and they're trying to figure out in a world where everybody else is cutting, how responsible is it to step on the gas, or should we just like take the demand that's coming? And for a few of them, I have actually told them, I think this is your moment. Mm-hmm. And like particularly, like we have some companies in um, online education that are kind of like virtualize the mm-hmm. classroom so to speak yeah and i'm like the biggest people have been telling you they won't <laughs> do it for so long the status quo was so convenient and now they're forced to use products like yours i can't envision a time where your marketing dollars or energy would be better spent than right now right yeah you should do it <laughs> are we i was just thinking like is this finally gonna be the thing that finally gets people to use vr <laughs> oh no <laughs> Well, it's interesting that I talked to a couple of VR companies that I know well. I said, this must be boom time for you. They said, if only the supply chain for headsets Mm -hmm. wasn't so backed up, (sighs) 
the yeah. answer would be yes. And so I think VR is like, VR can't catch a break, it feels like. And so you've got all these people at home looking for an escape and... They're settling for Zoom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whose kid just went in and said, Dad, is that mine? That was mine. Sorry, Not my daughter. Yep. No, no, it's okay. I was like, Mine's is that... napping. It's actually... <laughs> Sounds like my six-year-old. <laughs> it's my six-year-old. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Thank you guys so much. This, I thought, was, was really fun. I think it went super well. This was great. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks to everyone who called in and to Elizabeth and Charles for taking the time. We really enjoyed making this episode. It feels like the best thing we can be doing right now to help. So if you've got a problem, something you could use some sound advice on, call us anytime at 833-748-2448 and leave us a voicemail telling us what's going on. Again, that number is 833-748-2448. Pitch is hosted by me, Josh Muccio, produced by Max Gibson, Heather Rogers, and Chris Neary. We're edited by Sarah Saracen. Scoring from The Muse Maker, Breakmaster Cylinder, and Emma Munger. We're mixed by Enoch Kim. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week on Wednesday. See you then. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.